Anyways, are we about ready? Sure. Sounds good. Episode 45? 45. You know, I wrote 46 down on my notes, too. Dude, it is episode 45. I was going to say. It is episode 45. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. How you doing, Pat? I'm here. Episode number 45. 45. We were going to do the Colt 45s, but apparently... But, yeah, Ohio, apparently you can't get You can't get Colt 45s in Ohio. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that. Now, I don't know if that's across the entire state, but I did like a area-wide search. Sure. I couldn't find any. Really? That's and you crazy. know, come to think about it, I don't know if I've ever seen them in a store before. I don't have think you, I have. Have you ever seen them in a store? I honestly don't know. I've seen them like on so. TV and shit, but... Hmm. No, I don't think I have seen I'm them. Gonna have to, if I do an out-of-state trip within the next few months i'm gonna have to stop at a gas station and just take a look and see definitely so no colt 45s today but we are gonna be hydrating up we have h2o water and i should note real quick for our listeners we've talked about me and my fridge filter debacles in the past well i did it again this week and it went a lot better than it did the last <laughs> time now i use the same strategy i still have my recycling bin up and i filled it up with the bin but i just figured out a better <laughs> way to grip it basically there you go and that's all that i did so good job pat i drained it for seven minutes so i'm hoping that that's good enough it says five on the oh you're good on the thing so I figured a couple extra minutes just to make sure yeah if you did if you did more than what the instructions said you're yeah set. you should be good yeah so that was my big event today that was the big thing that happened to me and I did that while I was editing the last episode I got tired of looking at my computer I needed to do something so that's what I did as I went downstairs and <laughs> changed my water filter I need to do that in my fridge yeah I got it set so it blinks at me every six months so it just started blinking this week so nice I need to do it I mean we haven't we don't use the water out of our fridge we have a Brita oh Oh, okay. Is that any good? Yeah, bread is nice. I, I I like it. Anyways, do we want to talk about anything before we get into the news, or do we want to do our news and then save the rest for later? Uh, we'll just save the rest for later. Sounds well, good. Let's get the episode get episode rolling. So, do you have any news today, sir? Yes, I have two news stories. Okay, I've got two as well. So, this is from news.artnet.com. Ready? Yes. This is the headline. Scientists have conducted tests that reveal Stonehenge is made from a nearly indestructible ancient material. Really? A long lost piece of England's Stonehenge monument is helping experts understand the mysterious prehistoric structure. Analysis of a core sample taken from one of the site's massive slabs suggests that the stone's geochemical composition may have made it uniquely well-equipped to stand the test of time. Made from 99.7% quartz crystals, the stones are practically indestructible, according to a new study published in the journal PLOS One. Now we've got a good idea why this stuff's still standing there. Study author David Nash, a professional of physical geography at the University of Brighton, told Business Insider, the stone is incredibly durable, really resistant to erosion and weathering. study was made possible thanks to a former diamond cutter, Robert Phillips, who died last year. He did repair work at the Stonehenge in 1958, drilling into uh, Stone 58 to help re-erect fallen trilithon of three stones. So that's pretty crazy. That is incredible. So they were able to use an old piece of it from back then, because apparently they're not allowed to cut into it anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. And they were able to use part of that and come up with this new this new thing. So that's pretty crazy. 99.7% quartz site or whatever you cited quartz crystal quartz crystal okay that's pretty cool it's basically indestructible it's going to be it's probably going to be there till the end of the world now did humans make stonehenge or did aliens make stonehenge i don't know maybe the aliens helped them i think it was definitely like the pyramids where the aliens at least helped construct them and that's one thing that i saw on this website or i know it was actually it was a ted talk Mm. some archaeologist was doing did a rant about how ancient alien theories is all racist (laughs) because of something and she was like, well, nobody ever talks about Europeans having help from aliens. And it's like, of course we do, because Stonehenge is, a, is the same as pyramids as far as I'm concerned. 
Right. It's the same exact idea. Like, how the hell did this happen? Right. And there's a lot of other instances, like the Roman Empire. They didn't build all that them, all that shit themselves. The thing that's hard to imagine is how the hell did they get the material where it where it was? Because isn't the material from Stonehenge from a different part of the world? I think so. And how would it be that pure? Exactly. There isn't a lot of stuff out there that's just that. How pure. do they transport that? Exactly. They're so big and heavy. It was aliens. It had to be aliens. It had or, to be aliens. or dinosaurs. Or both. Or both. Maybe dinosaurs are aliens. It is possible. <laughs> Anyways, we're making a lot of progress on this episode. Do you have anything more with that news story? Nope, that's it. You got awesome. One? So Stonehenge, ninety-nine point seven seven percent quartz crystal. crystal. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so my first one is kind of dumb. This definitely might be one of the dumber news stories that I'm ever gonna share. Sure. It's from one of our greatest sources, though. Uh-oh. CNBC.com. <laughs> U.S. government received four thousand one hundred and seventy-six complaints and one compliment about airline travel in June. <laughs> Did you hear that? Okay. 4,176 complaints, one compliment. The U.S. government? The U.S. government. Apparently, the tr- the Department of Transportation collects records on airline travel, and they take part of that is taking complaints from passengers. <laughs> so for some reason, there's a complete department open with a federal government, and they're taking whatever you've got to share about United States Airlines, or not that one specifically, but any air travel. Sure. You can complain to the government. Now, they're not going to do anything. Of course. But I seems guess... It seems it's like a waste of resources here. It definitely is. <laughs> and it's funny because, obviously, there's regulation with air travel, but these are all independent companies flying the planes like spirit airlines american airlines delta they're all the same or not the same but they're all companies they're not the right. government. Right. So why the government's taking yeah, complaints? Yeah, that's, that's why I'm like, why <laughs> the government, yeah. It doesn't really make any sense. Now, there were 10 major airlines that this report basically talked about. I guess on-time rate for all of them was a combined 74.6%, which seems pretty shitty. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's down almost 12 percentage points from last month, or the month prior, which would have been May, which saw like 86% of planes showing up on time. I guess airlines are blaming staffing issues and the unexpected increase in travel for the bad numbers and Allegiant Air had the worst performance with only 56.6% of their flights actually Jesus. showing up on time. That's bad. Which that doesn't seem too good at all. So among the 4,176 complaints, 55 or or 55% rather had to do with refunds. So they were complaining that the airline didn't refund them for whatever. Yeah, they don't do, if something happens, like you're screwed. Yeah. And there is no report as to what the one compliment was about. <laughs> but somebody had a good trip and felt the need to tell the federal government all about it yeah i just think that's hilarious that that's funny. one person out there why are we telling the government anyways? <laughs> one person out there had a good trip and they just had to let uh the feds know that's funny so that's all i got with that one it's one of the dumbest news stories i'm ever gonna <laughs> do but it was a slow news week so at least for our type of material right well this one i don't know i thought this is i thought this one's kind of funny are you all good with that one yes i'm done with that this one's kind of funny this one's from ap news so that's another good one. Oh lord japanese mayor apologized thursday for biting the olympic gold medal of softball player who had paid courtesy visit after japan beat the united states in the <laughs> final <laughs> Look at this! Look at the picture of him biting, biting her, her gold. Oh medal. my god! You're not supposed to do that to somebody else's gold no, medal. No, definitely not. That's hilarious. Nagoya Mayor Takashi Kawamura had praised pitcher Mayu Goto during the August 4th visit, but his eyes were glued to her medal. He asked her to put it around his neck. Kawamura then pulled down his face mask and bit into it. I'm really sorry that I hurt the treasure of the gold medalist, Kawamura told reporters Thursday. The mayor said the medal was undamaged, but he offered to pay for the cost of a new one. I don't know. What? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Why would, uh, I don't. 
I totally destroyed that news story. No, there wasn't. But, there's uh, nothing to talk about. That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, the scene broadcast on television prompted thousands of complaints to City Hall. Some Olympians said they treat their medals as treasures, and that it was outrageous for him to bite one. Yeah, that's absolutely what an idiot. So this was a this was a Japanese mayor. Yes. Could you imagine if a famous United <laughs> States politician did that? Could you imagine if Trump did that? That would be that'd be the end of the world. Basically, that'd be, the end, that'd be the end of everything. Now there's a real problem with this news story. Where the hell are the coronavirus protocols right, at? Right. Because that thing could have coronavirus on it. All over it. How this many guy's going to pull it? down his mask and bite it? And bite on it? What an idiot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That's hilarious. That's one of the funnier <laughs> things we've talked about. But that's basically it. That's dumb as hell. But what a moron. Like, how could you? Like, that's something so prized. That's somebody. Like something Michael Scott would do. Right. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. If I were that athlete, I would be pissed. I would be I'd be furious. I would keep that one, the original one, and then make him buy me another one. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's hilarious. Anyways, my last one. This one is even dumber than all of this. All right. This one is from TMJ4.com, which is a local NBC affiliate in Milwaukee. So it's WTMJ4 is the news channel. Mm-hmm. And this is out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to Cleveland Rooftop. Still baffling Milwaukee passengers decades later. Milwaukee photographer's joke spans four decades. So there's this guy in Milwaukee. He's a photographer. His name is Mark Gubin. He has had a studio in an area known as Bayview, which I don't know if that's in the city or if that's a suburb, but he's had a studio in Bayview for decades now. Sure. Back in the 70s, for some reason, he went up to the top of the building. I guess he has the entire building. Oh, I've seen this. And he went up onto the roof and he painted Welcome to Cleveland in big white letters. (laughs) Now, he did this in 1978. Nobody knows why he did it. So they asked him, they're like, Mark, why would you do this? He said, it was Wednesday. There was no possible reason in the world. He also added, no practical reason. I thought it's a hard world. We need some kind of humor, something that makes people smile a little bit. (laughs) So on a random Wednesday in 1978, he got the bright idea to go up there and paint Welcome to Cleveland on top of his roof. (laughs) 40 plus years later, people still don't know why. They still see it every day. It's still up there. Right. And I guess where it's located, like it's located as a plane's flying low into the city. So the people thinking they're So people looking out the left hand window, (laughs) or would that be that be the port? side of the plane do planes use port and starboard i don't think so i don't know i don't Anyways, know i have no idea looking out the left they're seeing welcome to cleveland <laughs> now what i find funny is you ever see the movie major league which follows the cleveland indians back when they were in 1989 mm. it's a fictionalized team like charlie sheen's in it okay uh the one guy from platoon's in it well, i guess charlie sheen's also in platoon but another guy right. from platoon's in it sure uh you know the all-state guy yeah that guy's in it great actor yeah anyways it follows the cleveland indians who are about to be the Cleveland Guardians now. Unbelievable. Anyways, uh, and it's like, just like, they're like a shitty baseball team. But the movie's set in Cleveland primarily, mm-hmm. although it's shot in Milwaukee, which I think is funny. That's funny. So I was, I was just kind of thinking Wait, the is right Is that idea. a weird coincidence? That I think it's a weird there? coincidence because this guy went up there in 1978 and painted that. Major League didn't come out until 1989. Damn. Okay. Now, now what's also kind of funny is in that movie, they even used Milwaukee's baseball stadium because it had enough of a resemblance to Cleveland Municipal Stadium. They were going to shoot in Cleveland Municipal Stadium at least, but they couldn't because they couldn't work around the Browns and the Indians who were sharing that stadium back then. Mm. But in the stadium itself, and during the movie, there's an advertisement for WTMJ, which is the source for Unreal. this story. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. That's great. That could have been in our coincidence episode. Yeah, that in the movie, there's a there's an advertisement for the source of this of this news story. So that's all I got for that. That's a good one. Welcome, I like that. Welcome to Cleveland. <laughs>
<laughs> Anyways, do you have any more news? That's it, man. That's all I got. Are you ready for the big topic? Let's do it. Where are we at, Pat? What are we doing today? Uh, we've got another great topic for you guys. Aliens. Part, Part six. six. <laughs> Our sixth alien episode. We're keeping that. And you guys knew that that was going to be coming out this week because we kind of talked about it on the last episode. That's right. Episode 44. Check it out. Bizarre Sports. Great episode. Anyways, Aliens Part 6. So how are we doing this discussion today, Ben? So this was most convincing alien stories. That's what we agreed on last week, right? Yes, the most convincing, the ones that are the toughest to debunk. Sure. Ones that create the most problems for skeptics. Stuff like that. Well, I hope I have that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to let you get started because I only got like one really big one. But before we get into that, you got to think about how a lot of these stories that come up, there's always going to be something that people can point at and say he's either lying or it was misidentification. Right. Yada, yada, yada. There's always there's always going to be somebody out there saying it didn't happen. Right. Like Bob Lazar, for example, highly convincing if you listen to him. But there's lots of people that are, will tell you that he's just lying. Right. Now, that's yeah. ridiculous to think about. But there's people out there that are going to say it. See, I, I like I like stories where there's multiple people involved and they all see the same thing at the same exact time with the same story. Yes. Because it's harder to come up with a lie when it's involving a bunch of people. Exactly. So my first one is kind of like that. Well, let's listen to this one. So this one is, I'm calling it 1969 Berkshire's UFO incident. Okay. So this happened September 1st, 1969. Now, around 40 people in Berkshire, County of Massachusetts, individually reported seeing a UFO. Authorities had no clue for the explanation so you said 40 people 40 people that's a lot for yeah one and now these were just 40 adults so there are also a lot of children and possibly more people saw it but there were just 40 reports 40 reports yes yeah, so that's I'm, significant I'm, okay I'm, I'm sure more people saw this understood all right so residents said that the lights were fitted to a disc-shaped craft above Sheffield in the northern Berkshires. They said that it was maneuvering in unexplained ways, and some people said that they were like gazing up at it and they would lose track of time for a little bit because they were so stunned and they were just like gazing at it, almost like they would enter some type of trance. Transfixed, almost. Okay. Yes. So what's interesting is on this day where all these people saw it, and possible abduction happened to a nine-year-old kid and his family. So during that night. A boy named Thomas Reed. He was nine years old at the time. He was in a car at night with his mom and his and his grandmother. Okay. Now they were on their way home and they were approaching the Sheffield Bridge. So this would match the description of where those residents saw the lights. Sure. Like where they were hovering over. They were in that area when they were driving. Yep. So now they were seeing as they were driving, they were seeing these orbs that were coming out of the roadside trees. Like as they were driving. Yeah. They would see these orbs. Now did you give a time of day again? I can't remember if you gave that. Uh, at night. At night? So okay. It was, it was nighttime. Okay. So when they approached the Sheffield Bridge, some crazy shit started happening. So one of the orbs they saw, it stopped on the right side of the road. And it's kind of weird to, it wasn't described very good what happened next. So basically everything went really calm and quiet. And he described it later in life as a barometric change in pressure. So some type of weird feeling around them yeah. happened. And all of a sudden this eruption of crickets and frogs and all these like insect animals, all these insects started making all these loud noises sure and then it just totally stopped and the family found themselves back in the car they i guess they felt like at that time they felt like they had left the car okay because they when they got back in the car they had lost like two hours of time and the mom and the grandma were in opposite seats they had switched seats on oh no shit and nobody knows how they switched seats. so that's why they that's why they feel like they left the car but they don't remember getting out or yes okay and later in life um they start to like regain memory of what happened 
cabins, apparently. Sure. And they remember being in this hangar that's like the size of a football field, but it's kind of spotty. They can't really remember it very well, but they all they all remember this. And they they continued to, you know, say that all this really happened throughout their lives. So they were uh, kind of remembering this independently? Yeah. Okay. And the nine-year-old in his fourth grade class, 20 to 30 of the kids made drawings and sketches of what they saw that night. So a bunch of kids saw it, too. Like, a, like this whole town, like, saw it. Okay. Basically. I mean, that's basically what happened. Sure. So they think that they possibly were abducted during that, you know, during that That's an ride. interesting one. Yeah. So, like, obviously, with most abduct- abductions, there's no evidence. Yes. Hardly ever. Yes. I don't think there ever is. Yes. But you have 40 people talking about they saw this shit happening over this area. Sure. And these people were driving through that area, and they lose track of two hours. They don't know what happened for two hours. Yeah. And they show up back in their car, and their mom and their grandma's in different spots. And they probably were independent of the other people that were seeing it. There probably wasn't yes. a lot of communication. It wasn't like probably really not. known what those other people were seeing. Right. This is 1969 we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So that one's interesting. That's pretty convincing, in my opinion, personally. Now, I, I know the whole hangar thing sounds far-fetched and sure, everything, sure. but, you know, a lot of people have those stories. A lot of people have those experiences. Yeah, and there's a lot to that, especially when the kids are involved. And I'm not going to get in my next one, or my first one, I guess, sure. yet, but there's a lot with kids where they're seeing stuff and the kids reporting very similar things and lots of kids seeing the same thing and reporting the same thing. And there's lots of stories out there. Now, very few of them get talked about. Did you ever watch that alien documentary on I, Netflix? I haven't, fin- I haven't finished it yet. There was a story feature and I'm not going to get into the details on this too much but there was one in Australia in 1966 where a UFO landed at a school and teachers and kids and parents reported seeing it and you know it got investigated and whatever and then all of a sudden the newspapers were told and there were reporters that worked for the newspapers that were told don't talk about it ever again damn make it not happen and there's lots of witnesses that are like we know what we saw we know what the newspapers were told right and it, it fell off the face of the world for a while it didn't get reported widely because there was a gag order placed on the newspapers that were trying to run stories on it. That's crazy. And it's a similar situation with the men in black came and told them basically to shut up. Right. And I'm not going to get into the details on it, but it's on that UFO documentary. It's called like UFO Declassified or something. UFO Projects Declassified. Damn. But it's a great documentary. Like I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I got to finish it. I, I watched like the first two episodes, but I keep I always fall asleep every yeah. time I start watching it. <laughs> and then I was doing some research before we got here, and there's a book I might have to end up getting that's got like 100 cases Damn. of UFOs landing at schools. A couple that are within like an hour of where we're at. Damn. Damn. Where something landed or there's a huge mass sighting that just didn't get talked about. Right. So there's a lot of those types of stories. And it even gets discussed on a documentary called Missing 411. I don't know if you ever saw that one. I think it's on Hulu right now. Where there's a guy that tracks a bunch of missing cases and he looks for patterns. There's a former detective that does this. Okay. And he was tracking a pattern of disappearances across the country basically. And he ended up back in Ohio. And at the end of it, he ran a different story where a woman saw what was essentially like Predator. Holy shit. And she was out hunting in like her backyard basically it's one of those backyards where you got woods sure and she saw what looked like basically the predator you know the invisible like body but it was like weird yeah and her camera couldn't focus on it <laughs> and then apparently that night there was a big ufo sighting at a football field during a band practice and like the entire band stopped and was just like looking at the spaceship like right above them why can't that ever like, happen to us man exactly that sucks but that's what that story kind of reminded me of where it's right. like separate sightings right but Definitely. what what can you do with that there's not a lot you can really do how are you gonna debunk 
that. You can't really debunk it, especially with the abduction story. Now, maybe the people are seeing something that has an explanation, but again, it's tough. It's tough when there's so many witnesses. Right. I mean, you got 40 different you know calls into the police. Exactly. Like That's what's ridiculous. Right. Now, are we ready for my first one? Yes. Have you ever heard of the Zimbabwe UFO landing? I don't think so, but we, we talk about Zimbabwe every now we and then. We do. This is not the sure. first time we visited Zimbabwe, and it probably won't be the last. <laughs> this is one of the best stories I've read about, and this one gets talked about briefly on that alien documentary I was talking about on Netflix. Okay. But it also gets talked about on a documentary called The Phenomenon, which I guess is a relatively recent documentary. I haven't seen that one yet. Mm. I don't even know where it's at streaming-wise. I think it might be on Amazon Prime, but don't quote me on that. Sure. This one also gets featured on that documentary, but that's the only place I can really find it. And when I searched for it on YouTube, I couldn't find much at all. Like I figured Zimbabwe UFO landing, there's not a lot of Zimbabwe UFOs that I've heard about before. <laughs> you would think that you could be able to type that right in the, U- in the YouTube and find something. Right. Now, I had to scroll and scroll and scroll before I found a Joe Rogan interview about this. Damn. And that was the first thing I could really find. And then I found another channel, which was by a guy named uh, Anthony Sargon, which is just the name of the channel. But he did a video on it. And that was probably the better video because of his content but again it didn't have many views it was a good video but it didn't look like it got a lot of action right so this one happened in 1994 in september in an area known as rua r-u-w-a zimbabwe children at a school called Ariel school a-r-i-e-l i don't know it was like an elementary <laughs> school sure and i don't know about zimbabwe i don't know what their demographics are like like this seemed to be like a mixed school sure i don't know if there's a lot of white people that live in zimbabwe I'm but this sure. was a collection of different kids kids all races basically but they all spoke english which was weird now i don't know what they speak in zimbabwe either they might speak english for all we know right but they're all english speaking kids and 62 of them were out on the playground when all of a sudden something landed in the like like a ways away but like within like close enough that they could like walk up to it right and it was like a flying saucer a typical description of a flying saucer i guess i guess it was more like taller more of like a like a half sphere as opposed to like a disc okay so more of a like a bubble up sure this object landed and a little man is what they described him to look like walked out and was telepathically communicating with the kids <laughs> now 62 kids were present i guess the ages were between 6 and 12 okay some of them immediately freaked out and ran back in some of them were curious and kind of walked up yeah some of them got within like five or ten feet of this thing damn they all described the kid the or not the kid the alien the look looking very similar now it was a very typical description but they also said he kind of looked like michael jackson a few <laughs> of the kids said that damn but they were all reported that it felt like he was talking to into their mind he was talking about the environment and like saving the planet and stuff like this mm-hmm. and the problem with these kids is back in 1994 this wasn't part of their curriculum at the school right this wasn't the idea of like the environmentalism wasn't something that they would be heavily on their consciousness to the point where 62 kids would be able to get together at this age right and fabricate the story now they were interviewed and the, well, the teachers at first dismissed it because not i guess there were no adults outside I don't know. But the teachers were like, what? they thought the kids were just being ridiculous as usual. But they wouldn't shut up about it. They wouldn't show up and they were drawing pictures and they were talking about it and they wouldn't shut up about it. The teachers kind of dismissed it as a kid just being weird. That night, the school and all the teachers are getting phone calls from the parents. Like, what the hell did you guys do to our kids? What what did you guys have out there? My kid's losing his shit about what he saw today. And I guess the phones were just ringing off the hook from parents from these 62 kids. So the next day when they got back to school, it was complete pandemonium 
because right. there were no explanations. The teachers were like, we don't know. They went outside. A few of them went outside to see, but by that point, the UFO was already taken off and right. ran away. But eventually, the situation got kind of out of hand, and the school couldn't contain the story. So uh, an African area UFO investigator who worked for MUFON, I don't know if you know what MUFON is, the Mutual UFO Network. Okay. They're like a independent research company. I don't know really company, more of an organization. Sure. Recently, they're getting in trouble because their top person was a pedophile. Oh, boy. Because, of course, he would be. Sure. But Cynthia Hind was called in, and she was a local South African, not not South Africa, but the Southern continent. Mm-hmm. She was a local MUFON UFO investigator who basically was just out there tracking whatever she heard. So if a story came up, she would go and investigate it, basically. And I guess for a few days before this incident, Cynthia Hind had been tracking several other sightings from the region. Like, Zambia had a couple incidents. Botswana had a couple incidents. Mm. But they were consistent with kind of what the kids were seeing, like spaceships. Uh, I guess at one point, a mom and her son saw an alien, or at least they thought they did. I guess a truck driver saw what he thought was an alien, all within a few days of this school landing. So there were similar incidents happening in Southern Africa, whether it was Zimbabwe, South Africa, Botswana, Zambia, that area, all within a few days of these kids reporting the sighting. So she investigated it and was like, well... All I can really do is report it. It's interesting, though. Eventually, an American psychiatrist named John Mack from Harvard caught wind of the story, and he decided to take a trip out and talk to the kids. He wanted to talk to the kids himself. Hmm. So within two months of the sighting, his ass was out there in in Zimbabwe interviewing these kids, and he at least had a camera on him and had video of the kids talking. Now, you have to really dig to find video of these kids talking, but I was able to find some on that Anthony Sargon's YouTube channel. So check that out. Mm. He had video on it. Now, it was one of those where he had the video kind of in cut and himself on the big thing, like talking about it. But you could at least listen to the kids talk and watch how they were talking about it. Mm. And I think he had at least four kids in this interview. And it doesn't look like those kids are lying. It looks like they definitely saw something. They were very right. consistent, very detailed. Uh, you know how kids are where they're, they look like they're trying to explain something, but they don't really have the words that they're looking for. Right. It was convincing it didn't yeah. look like those kids were just goofing around or making it up or anything right they were they all seemed a little like uh, a little a little scared to be talking about it right but when you watch that interview it's like damn yeah i gotta find that these kids actually saw something and i guess the kids are in their 30s by now and none of them have really recanted or said we made this up right so the question is well what did they actually see what what's what's the explanation because the scientific community has a lot of trouble with this one of course they do. Their best answer is mass hysteria, which that's like that's like we don't know what's it's it's we're trying to come up with something smart, something that at least sounds smart. Yeah, because sure. we don't have an answer or uh, the yeah. answer is a problem. The second problem is that this doesn't get talked about a whole lot. It's on the the new documentary on Netflix. So it's on that phenomenon documentary. But this should be something that every alien person should be talking about. At least in my opinion, have you ever heard of this one before? No, I have never heard. I of can't this believe one. that you've never heard of this one before. Uh-huh. That's what. That's what bothers me. I don't think I've heard of this one. It seems like the good ones are the ones that aren't talked they about. They get swept under the rug. Exactly. Man. Like, even with yours. Yours was a really good story earlier. Yeah. I've been doing this shit for years. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> so, why are the good ones the ones that always I don't know, not man. get talked about? <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know about Doc Ellis last episode. Well, that's... Baseball, there's 150 years of baseball history. I don't get into sports history as much. Yeah. This is something I focus on a lot more. And I sure. still didn't hear about yours. But I guess uh, there's a documentary filmmaker named James Fox who's getting ready to do a story on this and he found out about this through a friend who knew Steven Spielberg because he was trying to get an interview with Steven Spielberg and Steven Spielberg didn't want to interview 
interview with the guy, but he was like, to this guy's friend, he was like, hey, you know, check out the Zimbabwe story. <laughs> There's something to this one. Hell yeah. So this James Fox guy, I guess he's working on a new one about the Zimbabwe landing. And there's a couple other new ones coming out about it, but there's no explanation that I can come up with. Like for That's a while, crazy. I'm reading the story and I'm trying to think like maybe like some environmentalist staged a prank and tried to, you know how environmentalists use weird tactics to try to influence kids? Sure. That was kind of an idea that I had, but that couldn't, there's no possible way that they could have pulled that off. There's no way. How are they going to telepathically talk to the kids? Yeah, that's where the problem pops up. And the kids were all saying that the alien was telepathically telling them the same thing, yeah. which again. That's crazy. So, and then when this when this uh, psychiatrist was down there, his conclusion was that they were telling the truth, that they definitely saw something. Sure. Now, a Harvard psychiatrist is probably isn't going to come out there and say it was aliens, because what would that do to his reputation? Right. But he couldn't come up with any psychiatric reason why the kids were lying. So. That's crazy. I think that's a good story. I got to look into that. And what's really interesting is that psychiatrist got killed by a drunk driver while crossing a street walking. Oh, boy. So that that's the sad ending of that story. Yeah, that's sad. But Damn. this guy's meaning a mysterious ending. That's kind of suspect, man. Exactly, exactly. Kind of like a patent ending, if you think about it. Yeah, def- yeah, patent, yeah. Anyways, that's, that's my Zimbabwe one. story. That's the big one I got. I got a couple other comments, but that's going to be my big story for this episode. So I have one more. I guess it's kind of, it's not really that big. So you ever heard the story of Terrell Copeland? You heard this one? Yes, I'm pretty sure I have. So Copeland was a former U.S. Marine, and he claims his first experience with a UFO was in 2007 when he captured footage of a UFO on his phone. Now, he caught this footage from his apartment in uh, Sulphurk, Virginia. Now, he says there was an orb of light, a big ball of light, solid white and not moving. And there was another one right across the street from that one, and it was changing colors rapidly. This is the ones that he caught on his phone. Yes. And he says that he had this weird feeling about it, like he shouldn't have been capturing it. This weird, like, sixth sense thing about it. Sure. He didn't really he didn't really know what it was all about. But he decided to post it online. And after he posted it online, some weird shit started happening to him. You know what's funny? Can I stop you real quick? Sure. I've talked about this before, but I didn't have any details on it. I mentioned it in passing on one of our episodes. I couldn't even oh, tell you, you what episode it was. But I didn't have any details on it, so it was great that we were bringing this oh, up. Good. because Alright, so we're, we're, yeah. we're bringing this back up. Yes. So, he woke up from a nap one day, and he heard the sound of somebody trying to break into his apartment. And after yelling for, you know, who the hell it is, and he got no reply, he heard some scratching at the door, and he saw the uh, the door not moving. And he has a gun. You know, former Marine, probably got a gun. Yep. He wanted to get up, take his weapon, and see what the hell was going on. Sure. But when he got, to, he went to go get up, and he couldn't get up. He was basically paralyzed. He could move yes. his eyes, but he couldn't move or anything like that. He heard a voice say, you don't need that weapon. We won't harm. So, now you're probably thinking this kind of resembles sleep paralysis. Yes. But, it wasn't, apparently, because he started experiencing missing time. Now, in the last story I had, that was a common thing, is when people, it's a common thing a lot of, about, it's a common thing with a lot of these abductions. Yes. People, people seem to just lose, they don't know what the hell has happened in the last three hours. Yes, it's a huge hours. feature of, yes. like, every abduction story, basically. Yes. And he could not account for any of it. He couldn't account for, like, four hours over the last two nights. So what he started doing was he started to log notes and sketches and his memory of his missing time started to come back to him and he started logging the shit that he was like seeing or hearing or doing or whatever the hell he was doing. Sure. And he said that he was in a room and he saw a woman that did not have complete human features and she had black eyes with an elongated skull. Okay. And he, he said that that was pretty frightening to him. Well that would scare me too. And the next memory he had was that he was standing on a balcony waving to a cylinder shaped ship. 
And that's basically the majority of the story right there. Okay. So he thinks he, he starts missing this time. He doesn't know what the hell happens. And he starts to get his memory yep. by these logs. Yep. And he's like, okay, I think I'm being abducted. And I was placed in this room and I was with this chick and she had an elongated skull. That's a pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy story. I'm looking something up real quick. Okay. Yes. This is the same guy. This is the same guy I was talking about. Okay. Good. This guy is featured on the show UFO Hunters. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. Uh-uh. You can actually find it this oh, episode. Oh, that's on the history channel yes. isn't it you can actually find his episode oh, on no shit. youtube it's featured on youtube and you can probably get it on amazon prime as well i think it was probably prime a lot more show. on it yeah and i'm not gonna give you the details i watched this one within the last oh, nice. month or so because i was trying to remember what i was talking about basically right and this was the guy that they were talking to him because he also got discharged from the marines and they couldn't really oh, explain shit, why he? and it was something to do with like a blood disorder or something really weird <laughs> and it turns out that there's something there's something wrong with him like medically that they can't really diagnosed but it's something that they've never seen before and there's no real records of all i know is there's something wrong with him did the aliens do something to him on the ufo hunter show they flat out told this guy or the one guy <laughs> flat out told him that he's an alien human hybrid <laughs> are you kidding <laughs> no i don't know i don't know about that but it was just like <laughs> Jesus. It's just like they just flat out told us because they were they wanted to investigate the exact type of material that you just brought up right because it's a very interesting story right and then they dropped this on him <laughs> they're like look man I don't know how to break this to you. <laughs> That's basically what it was like. It was silly as hell. But like, you basically got banged by an alien. But man he, he kind of looked like a hybrid. Like he kind of looked <laughs> like he could have been an alien. Like if you were yeah. to draw an alien human hybrid, it would probably look like this guy. <laughs> That's funny. Man. He seemed like a really nice guy and he seemed genuine in the video. Like yeah. it didn't seem like there was any reason why he would make it up. Right. And when he talked about his military career, you could tell at least he knew what he was talking about. Right. But at one point he was like following the one, like just like driving around following it. Did you talk about, you talked about Damn. that, didn't you? No. Maybe you didn't talk about that. I didn't bring that one up. Nope. But there's a lot. There was a lot going on with that story. Yeah, there's a lot to it, and I found both of these stories on allthat'sinteresting.com. That's a pretty okay. cool website. Yeah, been on there. Yeah, and I got mine. My one was from the BBC, nice. the Zimbabwe. Well, not the entire story because this is one I've known about from a few different sources. But the whole Michael Jackson aspect of my story was from the BBC. So <laughs> do with that what you will. But that's basically all I got. Yeah, and the other one, I'm not really gonna get into it too much. But when you watch uh, some of the more recent interviews like the 60 minutes interview i talked about in the episode whatever aliens part four was i can't remember what episode that was but the one pilot's name was david fravor the pilot that was following the, the tic tac you know you know you know what i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about so people will say that that's one of the more convincing ones because of all the military people that were witnesses to that right and then the one woman alex dietrich or something like that she was a lieutenant commander as well she was up there flying one of the one of the planes mm. and she came out and she's like i got no reason to make this stuff up i've been holding this in for 17 years pilot the pilot stories are really convincing. Yeah. Because if they're seeing something with their eyes that they're not seeing on radar, that's pretty crazy. Or it's even more convincing when it's on radar. And this one was on radar. Because right. they were originally scrambled to see. We got a, it was basically a call that they had an erratic radar reading. Mm-hmm. Get up there and see what's going on. Just make sure it's not something, not a problem or something. And that's where the whole Tic Tac thing kind of started. Right. And isn't isn't there a story about that Australian pilot that um, he had that, it wasn't on radar, but he was described. 
describing this craft that was hovering over him. But he, he was he was a UFO like kind of enthusiast too. That's sure. why they kind of didn't think this guy was oh, credible. Okay, but they couldn't. Yeah. He disappeared. But they had the recording of his call into the, the tower. But the guy disappeared. The, the they didn't find the plane. The guy nothing. He was no vanished. shit vanished. Can't remember his name. But he was on the site. I just didn't do the story. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of room for research in yeah. this topic. There's a there's a lot. But even like all these stories that we talked about today, they're tough to work with. They're like tough. They're, they're tough to explain. Right. And like I mentioned earlier, the ones, the more convincing ones seem to be getting less attention these days. Definitely. So we'll now see that, what. That could be a secret agenda right there. I think so. I definitely think there's there's a reason why we're not hearing about these. Right. Now, I'm going to have to get a few more of these books and do a little bit more independent research on this topic. I feel like this one we could definitely come back to on a future Aliens episode. Right. Because who knows? We might be doing another one of those soon. Probably. So anyways, that's all I got for that one. It's not as deep of an episode this week, but it's a good starting point at least for convincing alien research. Anyways, that pretty much wraps up Aliens Part 6. I Tweet think. us at 30 in the if you guys know any convincing alien stories. And have you checked out our Facebook page recently? Yeah, I was on it today. We're up to like we've like tripled our listeners just about we're, we're in the al- last week. We're almost at we're, we're almost at forty um, followers. On we're Facebook. over forty. Are we at, we're at like are 41, we over 40? 42 right now? So we've been we've been getting a lot of attention on the show, and obviously a podcast like this, we've got this is gonna be our forty fifth episode. There, we got a lot of material online already, but we're gonna be picking up some new listeners, and we have been picking up some new listeners recently. And with a show like this, we don't really build week to week on different topics. We really don't. Even our alien series, you can listen to those independently. Right, definitely. Uh, so we've got we've been kind of putting together a list of episodes. In case you're a new listener and you like the show, but you don't really know what ones you really want to check out, we've got a few of our favorites that we think are pretty easy to listen to and are funny and are some of our best episodes. Definitely. So we just wanted to give listeners the opportunity to have a starting point in case you're kind of new, because a few of them, a few of the episodes aren't great. We've had a few that weren't yeah you weren't can, quite as good. You can skip the at least my spooktacular. Yeah. Yeah, you can skip the earlier <laughs> spooktacular episodes, but we're going to break down a few of our episodes that are our favorites. So, Ben, what episodes do you like? So, now, none of these are in order. Uh, these are just ones that I really liked uh, with really good content. So, first couple I have down are episode 8, which is our Urban Legends episode. Yes, episode 8 was kind of where we kind of hit our stride in terms of having goofy conversations, but also doing a little bit of research, I think. Yes, definitely. Episode 8 was a good one because that was... The earlier ones are kind of more story time as opposed to... They're kind of more about ourselves, the yeah, earlier episodes. Than they're about research. And we kind of mix up what we talk about week to week. Definitely. But Urban Legends is we really started to establish ourselves as kind of like fringe, fringy discussions because we had some we had some fun on that one. Definitely. And that is, a lot of people will tell you that that's that's one of our best episodes. Definitely. Now I got one real quick I want to talk about before I let you get in your list because this one's another early one that I thought was really good. Sure. And that's episode five, which yes. was Florida Man Phobias and Lightning. Phobias. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that that is probably the best episode, either that or Urban Legends for people to start with. If you're a brand new listener. Yeah. I thought Pet Peeves was a good episode. Pet too. Peeves was a solid one. We kind of lost our train of thought on that one. <laughs> but that was a good one. But I think episode five was a solid one. Florida Man Phobias and Lightning. Ben's stories are fucking hilarious on that one. <laughs> and our outtakes are really good on that one too. So Yeah, definitely. Now what else do you got? So I have 
Now, arguably one of our funniest episodes, episode nine, was our landscaping, our landscaping days. Pat yes. and I go over our landscaping days, the just the ridiculous shit we used to get into uh, in our early days of working. Yeah, episode nine, landscaping. That's probably our funniest one. That's got the second most listens. Yeah, except for the the first episode. The first one still got the most, but landscaping right. is closing in on it. So that's a great Definitely. one to listen to. And um, another good couple, another one, uh, episode eighteen, which was government cover-ups. That was a really good episode. Yes, that was a really good one um ben got really deep on that one but that was a great yeah. that was one of the best breakdowns that we've done the one of the it's a little bit darker of an episode i'd say yeah episode 18 definitely. but that's so that was a rock solid episode a little bit longer but yeah that was a good episode yeah what you got pat um i liked episode 12 the social media episode yeah which yeah, is crustacean civil war widows widows and social media i get i kind of go off the deep end a little bit on that one sure but that one was one of my favorites at least i think that's kind of where we kind of i think we dropped some listeners after that episode i'm not gonna lie <laughs> But that was a good episode. But if you're new, you might like it. And the other one I got that was kind of back in those days was Aliens Part 2. Yeah. Now, all of our Alien episodes were good, but Aliens Part 2 is a really good one. And Tim was on that episode. Tim helped yeah, us out quite a bit. Yeah, that was a good bit. one. So that was one of my favorites for sure. What else do you got, Ben? So I have a very recent one, uh, episode 44, the last one, Bizarre See, Sports Moments. I one, really I really enjoyed that one. I had a lot of fun recording it. Editing it was kind of tough. Uh, I'm sorry about I that. I had to cut out a couple of... I had to cut out one of my entire stories. I just didn't even use. <laughs> it was a little bit too long. It was a good episode. I it, thought was it was a long one. It was funny. It was. I I really enjoyed that one. We did get some complaints about that one though, because there's people that don't like sports and they said <laughs> that they couldn't follow it. Yeah. But... Okay. That makes sense. But uh, episode twenty five is white collar crime. That was a really yes. Good that, one. <laughs> that was a funny one. <laughs> that was a good. It was good breakdowns, but the news stories were kind of weak at first, but they ended up being kind of funny. Yeah. For that sure. was a, that was one of my favorites as well. A couple. I got three in a row that. I really liked. Okay. Episodes 20, 21, and 22. Sure. I think those were three of our best episodes overall. I have episode 22 down as well. Cryptozoology. Because episode 20 was the car rides, conspiracy theories, and big announcements. I thought that was a funny episode all around. Definitely. I thought that was one of our good ones. Episode 21, Terry Bradshaw, Baker Mayfield, and cult activity. Yeah, the cult That episode. one got a ton of listens. I don't know why. It's like in our <laughs> top 10 listens, and none of the other ones got as many hits back then. So that one was kind of an outlier, uh, but that had some funny news stories like baker mayfield seeing a ufo which we could have included that on this episode because if baker mayfield is seeing a ufo obviously baker mayfield's the most credible source out there he definitely is and then the cryptozoology i'm not gonna lie that's that's in my top (laughs) that's three or four that's one of the funniest ones ever right anyways what Um, else do you got episode 28 secret society yes was good that's one that everybody likes everybody that listens to the show are like man that was a really good episode yeah episode 28 solid um i really liked our historical sport episode (laughs) i love that one (laughs) episode 29 <laughs> because it was kind of like a weird topic at first, but I was like, we got to do this. This is going to be a fun topic. And it ended up being a really good episode, yeah. I thought. Oh, one I forgot about. An honorable mention is uh, Assassinations. You thought so? Yeah. I thought, I thought that, was, that one wasn't bad. I thought Assassinations went good. I've probably listened to that one once or twice, honestly. It, and the Crazy War Stories episode was good, too. That one, yeah. We had a streak. Uh, yeah, we did. Like 37 through 43 or 44 those were all good yeah because definitely. and the one that i like too i don't even know if i have this one on my list but was the the ridiculous quotes where we talked about the dumb quotes that politicians and celebrities oh made. yeah 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 i thought that was a funny one <laughs> that was a good one anyways what other ones you got that's basically it i have i also have an er, a little earlier one episode 11 crazy historical figures yes yeah, so that was a really good one that was a good one that one was kind of long and kind of out there but people think, really like that one i think that's all i have the only other one i really liked was aliens part five i thought that one was hilarious that's one of that's in my top four i'd say 
landscaping is probably number one for me and then the florida man episode yeah that was a good and then one. cryptozoology then i gotta aliens, go back and listen to all of these aliens part five to me was a great one where yeah. we talked about the ridiculous fringe theories yeah that was a good one anyways those are some good ones and i think the most recent ones have been really solid medical mysteries i thought was great yeah that was a good i one. thought the coincidence episode was really good yeah so yep. we had a lot of good ones Definitely. there's a lot of there's a lot of room to listen if you're a new listener and you like to laugh those are probably all really funny episodes i would Definitely. say yeah. maybe not episode 18 as much but that was the government cover-up episode yeah but the rest of them were all riots i thought and uh again if there's any topics that you guys any of the uh, our uh, continuous listeners want us to talk about let us know we'll talk yes. about anything please tweet us at 30 in law please post on the facebook check us out on xbox live <laughs> do we have any other ones i don't know if we have any more i think that's what we got i think it's all we got anyways uh we're about to do our drawing before the next episode let's do it we're gonna find out what the next topic's gonna be i think it's ben's turn all to right. draw yeah all right let's see what we got drum roll pat Again, I'm not looking. We I'm, don't do drum rolls on 4.30 in the morning. I'm not looking. Hopefully it's not when it, Pat wrote out because I won't be able to read Hopefully it. it's not Aliens Part 6. <laughs> Clever Crimes, Smartest Criminals. Okay, that's going to be an interesting topic. That's going to be so, a Ben that'll topic. That'll be good. That'll be good. Clever Crimes and Smartest Criminals. That is going to be a really yeah. interesting one. That'll be good. I feel like we're going to have a lot of room to work with that. Definitely. And speaking of another episode that I thought was good was the insane heist one. Yeah, the heists. That one wasn't mine. Mine. Pat did a really good no, one. You did mine, good on that one. I mine. Did mine was. On that one. Mine was not that good. I thought yours was hilarious. <laughs> the the geriatric thieves, the bank robbers, the old guys. Oh yeah, Basil. It was just the problem with that. It was hard to describe their plan in that. Yeah, one. it was the heist was difficult because it's, again they're so intricate. The plans are so intricate. You almost have to do a documentary. Yeah, because I was trying to describe the layout of. Sure. The place. Sure. Anyways, on that note. We about done. We're about, about done. It? We didn't hit our goal. We hit up to 1,977 listens. So Damn. we're 23 short of that. But we did pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, you know, we were steaming ahead at one point on Wednesday. We had 26 hits. Damn. And then it was on like two on Thursday, three on <laughs> Friday, four on Saturday. Damn. I don't know if we got our numbers for today yet, but we'd made some progress at least. We've picked up like 68 listens. That's pretty good. And we picked up like 30, almost 30 people on Facebook. Nice. Yeah, so yeah. Facebook's, got, Facebook's been a success so far. We've got five times as many followers on Facebook as we do on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us at 30 in the... And please post on Facebook. Please check us out everywhere on the internet. You can't Google us and find us. We have a web page and everything, so... Let us know what you guys think. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. Peace. Anyways, I have my draft real quick. We already talked about that. Yeah, that that's a good draft. It went okay. I'm happy with it. Now, obviously, my idiot friend has been shit-talking all day. Because I'm doing one of those leagues. You know how you always end up in a league where you know, like, one guy and he needs, like, an extra player, but it's usually, like, his friends? Sure. It's one of these situations. And I played in the league last year, so I, like, played against these people before. But I only know the one guy in the league, so it's kind of weird. But these people were kind of, like, special drafting. Like, they are making some picks that made me think, what the hell? They didn't know what the hell they were yeah. doing. Like, like... They were picking, like, the one guy picked uh, Young Ho Koo in the seventh round. <laughs> like, who does that? Who picks a kicker in the seventh round? I, I don't know. It's not like Young Ho Koo's going to do that good. He might be the best kicker, but even if he's the best kicker. I mean, you need a good kicker, honestly. No, like, you don't. They, uh, it depends what team they're on. A kicker can only get you a maximum of, what, 20 points? I had Young Ho Koo on my team last year, and he... Like he he was getting me like twelve thirteen points a game, which but is pretty good for a kicker. Even the bad kickers will get you five or six, a field goal, yeah, and a few extra points. Some, some, sometimes he'd get like 
damn near 20 points. Nah, I don't know. Okay. Because the Falcons sucked. They couldn't score touchdowns. I'll tell you what. They would. He would just kick a bunch of field goals. If you're still running your league that you're talking about doing, <laughs> you use that strategy. I'll show you how I, it works. I mean, if, if I have to, but... Whatever Aliens Part 4 was, I can't remember what episode that was. But the one pilot's name was David Fravor, the pilot that was following the TikTok. Remember the TikTok? The TikTok? The Tic Tac. Tic Tac. I said Tic Tac. You said Tic Tac. <laughs> the Tic Tac. You know, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, it's a good starting point, at least, for convincing alien research. Talking about starting points. Uh-oh. For any of the new listeners out there, that it's just, you know, maybe they uh, found our facebook page and they uh they, they don't know really know where to start with which which episode pat and i we've come up with a couple lists of our favorite episodes now it's just so that the new new listeners that are to four thirty in the morning you basically you don't have to watch every i'm sorry, <laughs> you don't have to listen to every episode in a row <laughs> god <laughs> Do you just want to restart that? Yeah, I'm going to restart that. Anyways, <laughs> that pretty much wraps up Aliens Part 6. 